Hey everyone, you're listening to the MLEPC podcast. I'm your host, Brant Toulouse. This is episode four, and in today's episode, we tackle tithing. What is it? How do we do it? And why is talking about it always so awkward? I can't wait for you to hear this discussion, which starts now. Hey everyone, you're listening to the MLEPC podcast. I'm your host, Brant Toulouse, and this is episode number four. I'm really excited about this episode. We have a great guest on today, um, someone that I consider to have uh, immense wisdom, a person that I pulled aside before I was getting married seeking advice, a person that I pulled aside before I had a kid seeking advice, and it's funny because... I was thinking, all right, who should we have on the next episode? And the Lord told me, Tom Weaver. Tom, thanks for joining us, man. Do you want to do a little introduction of yourself and uh, your relation to MLEPC? Okay. Well, it's a pleasure to see you. Um, if I have any wisdom, it's because I've made all the mistakes first. <laughs> That's how you learn, I think, sometimes. Um, you, you learn by making mistakes, and I've made plenty. So... Yeah, I, I, I've been a deacon. I've been an elder here at the church. Um, I, when needed, I lead Financial Peace University here at the church, which is a, a, a program that helps people um, work out their finances and get themselves out of debt. So uh, the reason I do that is because my wife and I went first. We learned a lot. It really helped us. And uh, so, you know, when something really helps you, it changed it. It changed our life, mm. and so you want to you want to pay it back. Yeah. So, with COVID, we've not been able to have a class recently. But uh, I think I'll, I'll get in touch with adult education, and maybe we can schedule one of those classes in the near future. Yeah, that'd be great. But uh, I really, I really believe in the program, and it, it that program informs everything I have today to talk about. Um, I think Dave Ramsey uh, looked into the Bible, find biblical truths about our finances, and uh, he put it into that program. And so that's what's so exciting about it is, is it's, it's doing finances God's way instead of the human way. Yeah. And, and I think that's really helpful for anybody, um, believer or not, actually. Yeah. It, it, there's, there's, something there that if you follow God's way, things tend to work better for you. So um, I work as a, a computer programmer and um, I, uh, I have grandchildren, so I've had a lot of experience doing stuff, making a lot of mistakes. So if I can, if I can say something that would help somebody else, that'd be great. Uh, I have to tell you, I mess up at this topic and you asked me to talk about tithing which is which is important and I th but I think that when you talk about tithing you have to look at the entire Christian attitude regarding money and uh, I make mistakes with that all the time same so you know I, do as I say rather than as I do <laughs> you'll be better off um, and and um, so these these ideas aren't original with me and I'm an imperfect example. I'm trying to get better at it. Uh, but but I, I think there's a lot of good truth that, mm -hmm. that in the Bible that'll help us. Absolutely. Um, you look at the modern society that we all live in. Um, there's certain attitudes about finances. A lot of them are driven by advertising. You know, and those people don't exactly want us to have healthy financial lives, they want us to buy their stuff. Mm -hmm. So they've set up a reality that is maybe not so good for us. If you look at it, society says we'll always have a car payment. I don't think that's good for us. Uh, we don't have money in the bank for emergencies. We have student loans that last forever. 
up to our eyeballs in debt. The Wall Street Journal says that 70% of Americans are living from paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, and I think that's probably even higher among younger, the younger generations. Yeah, and it's just not, it's not good for us. Mm-hmm. Don't think it's what God intended for us. Uh, a Gallup poll found that 68% of Americans would be unable to cover a $5,000 emergency without having to borrow money. And, you know, what do we know about emergencies? They're coming. We don't know when. Yeah, they're not planned. <laughs> but there, there's going to be one. Life doesn't, you don't, you don't live through life without things going wrong. Yep. So, um, so and, and we're just deluged with advertising to make us want things. Yeah. You know, what's in your wallet? Uh, you know. 1-800-CASH-NOW. There's just, if you think, if you stop and think about all of the advertisements about just financial products, financial products are the most marketed thing in America. Credit cards, loans, um, just, we're we're up to our eyeballs in that kind of, of advertisements that are all working to change our attitude about money. Mm Mm-hmm to the benefit of those people who are trying to loan the money. Yeah. So if we look at the Bible, we see a different picture of, of, uh, of our financial lives. Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, without guidance from God, law and order disappear, but God blesses everyone who obeys the law. Proverbs thirteen four: lazy people want much, but get little. Those who work hard will prosper. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Proverbs thirteen eleven: wealth from get-rich-quick schemes disappears quickly. Wealth from hard work grows over time. And here's one I like, Proverbs 21, 20. Good food and olive oil are stored up in the dwellings of the wise, but a foolish person devours everything he has. <laughs> So you think about that. Uh, yeah. That that really, we we have to um, abandon our opinion that people who have wealth are evil. It's not true. The Bible does not condemn money. The Bible condemns the love of money. Yep. You have to separate that money is neutral. It's a tool. It can be used for good. It can be used for evil. It's our attitude about money mm-hmm. that needs to be correct in the eyes of God. It's a heart issue. It really is. And uh, so it, it's something that we, we're constantly battling, constantly working with in our lives. Mm-hmm. So, Tom, can I ask you? Sure. I think that... When we talk about money, Christian perspective, non-Christian perspective, it is, like you said, a touchy subject. Yes. It requires a little bit of vulnerability. Yeah. Um, It's stressful. Very. Um, People don't like to share those kind of details about their lives. Everything's like kind of safeguarded, right? And it can become very complex. It's a very sticky topic. And I think with the church and like tithing just in general— it's a simple concept, and you've explained it to me that way, and I hope in this episode we can kind of get into that, but we make it so complex, and I think that all of the complexities added to it make it complex. So just like basic, boiled down, broken down, what is tithing? Well, and, and I think the best place to find that is, is in the Bible. And uh, I have I have the notes right here. Yes, um, Leviticus twenty seven thirty. One tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from the fields or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord and must be set apart to Him as holy. So a tenth of your wealth. Mm-hmm. Talking to an agrarian people, so the the land, the produce that was their wealth. Yeah. For us, it's our income, generally. Um, 
our increase, whatever we have, you know, the increase in our wealth, a tenth of that belongs to the Lord. Mm. Proverbs 3, verse 9, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. And in Malachi 3.10, he says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Hmm. So it really is a command there in the Bible. So the question is, do we obey? Are ah, we obedient? Yes. Yeah. And and it's like every discipline. You're you're trying you're trying to improve. Uh, you're trying to do better. We're all we're all working toward yes. that that goal. Yep. And so this is a place where you can work. Um You know, so it's 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 about your attitude about money. Uh, the Bible, again, we, we look at Genesis chapter forty-one, Joseph and how he prepared Egypt for a famine, and it shows us what wise looks like. Saving money is an absolute necessity. Saving money is a decision. Saving money protects your family and those around you. And so we need in our life a written budget, a plan. We have to be, have a plan because you won't be financially successful if you just stumble through life. Yeah. I tried that. I can tell you, not a good plan. You know, I have a story like that, Tom, in my life. <laughs> my first paycheck I ever earned as a, as a young 18-year-old, I got my paycheck. Didn't consider that I needed gas. Didn't consider that I needed food. I uh, decided to buy three pairs of shoes with that paycheck. Mm -hmm. The paycheck was no longer, the money was gone. And I remember, uh, I think it was my mom or my dad, I can't exactly remember who it was, was like, well, now how do you put gas in the car? And I thought to myself, wow, I hadn't considered that. <laughs> Not a wise approach to uh, right. a paycheck. Right. You have to, for us to be as successful as God wants us to be, we have to have a plan, and um, it, it. You really have to. Jesus even says it in Luke twelve twenty eight. When he tells the disciples, "But don't begin until you count the cost, for who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it." Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone would laugh at you. They would say, there's the person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. There's the guy who bought all those shoes and couldn't get to work. <laughs> <laughs> we've all been there in one way or another. Yeah. Might not have involved shoes, but we've done it. So it, 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 it really pays. Yeah. To, to And for an adult, that means especially if you're having problems that way. Yeah. A written budget that you and your spouse agree on every month. And and what you're doing is you're you're taking your money and you're giving every dollar a mission. Here's what I want you to do. Mm -hmm. And and you assign that mission to every last dollar you're going to make that month. Yeah. And you're telling it what to do and it goes and does it. Because I can tell you what happens if you don't assign a mission. Those dollars, they kind of evaporate on their own. They go away without any trace, and it doesn't do you any good. Yeah. Uh, if you don't plan, the money just goes. Yeah. And that's not to say that, that a budget doesn't include walking around money. It, it, your budget should include nights out with your spouse, kids, um, or friends. Yeah, you know, it, it. You're not, you're not trying to suck the life out of everything. What yeah. you are trying to do, though, is is have a plan. Yeah, 
for every dollar that comes by. And I can't emphasize enough that if you are in a married situation, the two of you have to come and, and do that budget together and agree on it together. Um, and really when you're doing that, it's the two of you sitting and deciding on a shared vision for your life. Mm -hmm. Because where you put your money is where your, you know, where your heart is. Yeah. So it's the two of you getting together and agreeing, this is what we're going to do with our resources, and then carrying through with that. If you don't do it, then you're letting your spouse down. Yeah. Um, of course, part of that should be tithing. Yeah. That tithing should be in that budget as well. So let me ask Tom, and you mentioned creating a budget, right? Making a plan. So even just talking about personal finance, right? Doing those things. That takes a level of obedience, right? You got to do it. You know what I mean? You got to sit down. You got you to gotta figure it out. Yeah. And I think earlier you mentioned, you talked about just tithing to the church is also an act of obedience, right? Right. When we do that, what does that show? What does that act of obedience show for us as, you know, as a, as a member of a church when we decide to say, you know what, I'm going to give X amount of money to the church? You're, you're obeying a commandment from God. So in, in, the, in, in, the, in the question of obedience, that's really what you're doing. You're obeying a directive from the Lord. Um, the other part of that is if, if you're, you're honoring your spouse by following through on an agreement you made with them, mm. you're also, uh, you know, I, I think one of the things that we have to understand is that tithing is meant to, to be to our benefit. Because sacrificing a portion of our income helps us look outside of our selfishness and makes us more aware of the needs of others. Tithing recognizes that God is our provider and that we will prosper with more than just money if we rely on him. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Psalm 24.1. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all its people belong to him. And so that, that, that discipline of tithing recognizes that it's not ours. It belongs to him. Yes. And so we're, we're being obedient to him. And it opens it up to, to teaching us something. You know? Absolutely, man. Because we we think that um, we think that, and kind of you you talked about this earlier, right before we started, and and I want to touch upon that a mm -hmm. little bit. You you talked about we think that well, okay, this is for the church. This is the the church. You know, the, it, this is what they need, right? But mm -hmm. really, God can do amazing things, right? <laughs> you know. God owns everything. Exactly. And if God felt that the church needed the money, he would speak a word and this room would be filled with gold. Yeah, exactly. But that's not how he chooses to do it. He's cho choosing to train us. Mm -hmm. You know, we, you know we, we read Psalm 50.10, For all the animals of the forest are mine, and I own the cattle on a thousand hills. God owns it all, yeah. us including. We're his. And, you know, there's a there's a little bit of us inside that rails against that. Yeah. You know, I earned my this money. I, it's my money. It's not God's. Um, and and you know, that that was addressed very, very early in the Bible. Um, if you look at Deuteronomy. Chapter 8, verses 10 through 19. Moses is talking to the people of Israel in the wilderness. And he's saying, When you have eaten your fill, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. But that is the time to be careful. 
Beware that in your plenty you do not forget that the Lord your God and disobey his commandments, regulations, and decrees that I am giving you today. For when you have become full and prosperous and have built fine homes to live in, and when your flocks and herds have become very large and your silver and gold have multiplied along with everything else, be careful. Do not become proud at that time and forget that the Lord your God, who rescued you from the slavery in the land of Egypt, do not forget that he led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its poisonous stakes and scorpions, where it was so hot and dry, he gave you water from the rock. He fed you with manna in the wilderness, a food unknown to your ancestors. He did this to humble you and test you for your own good. He did all of this so that you would never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. Remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you power to be successful. In order to fulfill the covenant, he confirmed with your ancestors with an oath. But I assure you of this, if you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods, worshiping and bowing down to them, you will be certainly be destroyed. And uh, so, you know, early on in the Bible, we read where they had problems. They had to be warned that it all belongs to God. You shouldn't forget that. And tithing is a way of reminding us of that, that we are merely stewards of what he has given us. Yes. And, and you know, we should part with it. He's called us to be joyful, generous givers. We can't be joyous givers if we have a wrong view about money. A spirit of giving doesn't happen in a vacuum. Giving in and of itself is not really a decision that we make. Giving is a natural response to the right view about money. It's only possible when we feel no emotional or personal attachment to our money. If I think it's mine, then it's my job to protect it. If I think it's his, then it's my job to use it the way God tells me to. Mm -hmm. Now, this doesn't mean that we can't have nice stuff. Remember, God loves his children. <laughs> he has entrusted us with his money. So we can have good things. There's nothing wrong with proper spending. And there's nothing, nothing wrong with using God's money to enrich our lives and our families. Uh, the confusion comes from when that's all we're doing. If that's our focus, then we've lost track of the true owner. He isn't concerned about the money. He's concerned about you. He's trying to change the person in the mirror. He wants you to be content. Content means giving generously in all circumstances. Giving changes our mindset, even when we have very little to give. Giving a tithe serves as a reminder of ownership. It's a concrete recognition of the fact that God owns it all. Giving a tithe demonstrates your contentment with what you have. You see, you can't give if you aren't convinced that what God has given you is enough to meet your needs. Hmm. So it's, it's, it's obedience, it's contentment, yeah. it's, you know, it, 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 giving is an act of obedience. So Tom, let me ask, mm -hmm. um, and I kind of want to go in a little bit of a direction here because I think that you made a couple good points in there. It's obedience, right? Yeah. It's an act of our heart. It's an outward expression mm -hmm. that's coming from an inward stance, right? Right. And with that said, so I want to read something real quick. I looked it up, definition of tithe, right? Just the basic right. definition, right? It says a tenth part of something paid as a voluntary contribution or as a tax, especially for the support of a religious establishment, right? We looked at scripture, we see a 10th, right? It's, it's you know, we, and everyone knows 10%. We, we kind of harp on that, right? So let me ask you in your opinion, I got two questions off this, right? Does it have to be 
is that like a set in stone thing? I think sometimes in our minds, we just hear that 10%. That is what a definition of a tithe is. Because God said it. He said 10%. That's the tithe. And so anything above that is an offering. Mm -hmm. Um, But 10% of your increase is a tithe. Yeah. So, you know, I, I understand that sometimes we have to grow. Maybe we start at 5% and then every year increase it by one. Yeah. But we can't kid ourselves. It's not a tithe until it's 10%. Okay. Yeah. Um, so... And again, it, it's it's an attitude. Yeah. God owns it. I'm just relinquishing a tenth of what He's given me. Yeah. I get to keep ninety percent. <laughs> it is a small, if you think about it, you know. It, it is, and you know, the definition you recited. Uh, I think part of it was an emphasis on the support of the church. Yeah, and to me, that's a byproduct. Mm. That that. It's a great byproduct, yeah. But the the focus should be on how it changes us, yeah, and makes us into obedient, joyful givers who acknowledge God's presence in our lives, yeah, and and uh, and and give Him His due, yeah. So to further that, mm-hmm. um, does when we in terms of tithing, does it have to be? You know, obviously we want to tie their money, right? But I think of other avenues in our lives that also require a level of kind of tithing per se, right? Mm-hmm. Can it extend to our time, our service, maybe even our talents, our gifts, things like us as a person? Can Is that also kind of the same heart thing that's kind of going along with the tithing aspect in terms of monetary value? I, I think absolutely. I think if we look in the Old Testament, God... Uh, imbued attributes into certain people to make the things for the tabernacle that the the ark that they used to carry the ark through the wilderness mm-hmm. um, he, he gave people skills as silversmiths as woodworkers as as uh, uh, people who worked with textiles he just and their use of those talents was an offering to the Lord Mm-hmm. And so, again, as we participate in the life of the church, um, we're giving. That's an that's a uh, that's an offering to the Lord, a tithe to the Lord. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I I don't know. To say it's part of the tithe, though. Uh, kind of wiggles with the ten percent. How do you value it? How do you yeah? How do you count it in that amount? Yeah. Um, you know, because I think I think it becomes more into the a realm of offerings. Yeah. Uh, the tithe is kind of like a financial thing. Mm-hmm. It's a faith thing, really, is what. It, but but it's it's a financial expression of your faith. Yes. Uh, these other use of your time, your talents and your time, um, you know, maybe we might want to categorize that as offerings to yeah. the Lord. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it is in the same vein as a tithe, though. It is acknowledging God's claim upon our lives mm-hmm. and and wanting to to do something for the Lord and participate in the life of the church. You know, that's yeah, that, that there's a lot of benefit to our hearts for that too. You know, absolutely. So it, it, uh, when we think about tithing though, one of the things we have to keep in mind that God loves us when we give, and God loves us when we don't give. Yeah. 
Tithing isn't a way to earn God's love. We already have that. Absolutely. Um, you should be giving in some way. Uh, but when it comes to tithing, it's a more of a, it's a more of a spiritual discussion than a financial discussion. Tithing isn't about the money. It's about the heart. It's living with the attitude that you're blessed to be a blessing. Tithing means you're being obedient to God, so you should give without expecting anything in return. Giving encourages a grateful and generous spirit in us and can help steer us away from being greedy or loving money too much. Mm. These are some of the, you know, this, he wants to change us, make us better people. Yeah. Well, because I think with that, I think that it requires a level of trust too, right? Sure. I've heard that before. I've heard um, people say, well, I, I don't necessarily want to give to the church because I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, there's a trust issue with my money. And with my money, I can see where it goes and, and what it's being used for. And if I give it to the church, there's just a level of trust there. And, you know, th those kind of conversations, right? But I think that, like you said earlier, all that we have is a blessing, right? If you boil it down, Absolutely. We're, everything we have is a blessing. And we start thinking about it as a blessing that we have from God. It changes our perspective on how we look at things, right? Like you said earlier, when we look at our money as like, this is mine. I'm going to protect it. Right. I don't trust you with it. I'm not going to do this with that or, or here or whatever. But I think, would you say that it does require a little bit of trust and faith, right? Because you know, you're giving 10%. Giving a tithe demonstrates your contentment with what you have. You see, you, you can't give if you're not convinced that what God has given you is enough to meet your needs. Hmm. So, so giving is kind of an outward expression yeah. of feeling that God's given me enough. Yeah. I'll be okay. I'm in his hands. You know, Paul talked about being content with having everything and having nothing. Yeah. And that's where he's trying to get us yeah. in that same frame of mind. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. Like, I'm going to be honest oh, with you. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's a and lifelong pursuit. It is. I mean, for me particularly, like, and I mean, maybe some of our listeners, like, we live in a culture that's the new thing is like, we're bombarded. Like you said earlier, the new iPhone, it, you know, it's coming out. It's already ready to go. Or, the, you know, the TVs are new or closed. I just, I mean, those are all trivial examples, right? But we are bombarded by accessibility, like companies like Amazon, where we can right. purchase things, have them shipped in two days. Right. And then all of social media and television and things just show us things that we think that we need. It's hard, man. Oh, more than need. You deserve this. <laughs> yes. You deserve this now. Yes. Regardless of whether you have enough money to pay for it now. Yes. You need it now. Yes. And, you know, and, and, and I mean, the whole, the whole debt thing is just so important to me. I, I really think that uh, uh, debt is dangerous to our lives. Um, Proverbs 22, 7, the rich rules over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. Hmm. When you borrow money, then your future earnings don't belong to you anymore. They belong to the person that you borrowed the money from. Yeah. And how do you as a Christian follow God's leading? Maybe you hear about this great ministry that you want to be a part of and support financially, but all of your future earnings are tied up in loans. Mm -hmm. You don't have the money to give. Uh, it, you, you, you have to really make a decision to stay out of debt so that the money you earn is your own and you can follow those urgings from the Holy Spirit. Absolutely, yeah. You know, someone, um, if, if you... person who's in debt is really not able to help their fellow Christians in need or, or, or anybody in need. Um, you have to, 
you have to have money to give money. Yeah. And if you're deeply in debt, you, you ain't got none. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't, you can't help people. You can't yeah. be a blessing to your family members, uh, people who you see are in need. You really have to get your financial house in order and get yeah. out of debt. Yeah. You know, he, Dave Ramsey says something that uh, maybe it's applicable to my generation. You, you might have to add a few generations <laughs> to it. But, you know, he says your grandparents thought that debt was a sin. Your parents would only borrow for a house or a car. This generation goes to McDonald's and puts a hamburger on a credit card. And it really highlights our changing view of debt. Yeah. And how we've kind of been sucked into it. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because I was thinking about this when we talked very early on about doing this episode. And I was thinking, you kind of mentioned like the younger generations. I think it is. I mean, the statistics show how poor the younger generations do in terms of tithing. I mean, it's apparent. I mean, there's a, I have a study in front of me. Um, it's millennials account for 7% of the giving population, but uh, account for... 30% of the total population, right? And that's, that study is done. Um, I think it's Pew Research that did that. I mean, it, it's, it says it's 7% here. This is probably old numbers too, but it's, it's really low in comparison to, you know, baby boomers who are nearly 42% of a giving population, right? So with the younger generations, it is really low. And I was thinking, all right, we go back to obedience, right? I'm very blessed. I could say personally, I've been very blessed that my wife has... Um, really changed my perspective on tithing. Really, uh, it's a blessing um, the way that she and I have worked together and talked about that, mm -hmm. talked about tithing, um, and, and even things that we, you know, like bonuses and things that are extra blessings, right? Even tithing mm -hmm. that or even other stuff, right? And But I think with like the younger generation, there's a level of resistance to tithing. But yet... If you think about it in terms of 10%, right, it is kind of small. It's really small. I mean, yeah. in terms of just, you know, basics, right, it's only 10%. But yet the younger generations are so easy to open a subscription to Spotify, open a subscription to Netflix. You know, maybe we throw in Paramount Plus or some other subscription service. Right then, right, you know, right there, you have three or four subscription services that are taking a small amount. Yeah. I mean, that's... It, and then they, you know, we, we, we add on the subscriptions and they're just there and they're continually coming out of it and we think nothing of it. Right. But it's like, Oh, when we talk about tithing. Well, we can't, no, 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 we can't talk about that. That's, that's 10% of my money, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's part, isn't it part about us being in the society that we're in, you know, we're Christians, but we're susceptible to the messages that we're catching. I think I saw a statistic that said a 20-year-old American has seen a million advertisements in their <laughs> life. That's crazy. We're, we're just bathed in, in ads. And it, it has to have effect on us. And so it, it takes a conscious decision to stop and say, okay, what am I hearing? What is the truth? And how can I resist the siren call of these unwanted intrusions from, from secular society? Yeah. That's not to say everything's bad. No, yeah. But, but, you know, we really, as Christians, should make a conscious decision about where we're going to spend our monies, what we're going to do with it. Mm -hmm. um, so... You know, it's 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 a question of of our priorities, yeah. and a wise, mature Christian stops and says, "Okay, is this the best use of money I can have?" Yeah. And oh, by the way, God tells me to give ten percent to my local church, and so, okay, am I going to be obedient? Yeah. So, it's a it's a challenge, you know, and and. What's happened as the decades have gone on, the advertisers have gotten better and better at their craft 
of getting you to buy their stuff. Yeah, they know what they're doing. And they're getting better at it. So, you know, you say, okay, younger people are, you know, their attitude is, is this way. Well, sure. I mean, they're, they're walking into some, uh, you know, a landmine of advertising. Uh, these guys are, are masters at convincing you to part with your cash. <laughs> so, you know, maybe when I was younger, they weren't quite so good at it. Uh, they were good at it, but maybe not quite as good as they've gotten now. Yeah. I don't know. Also, I, you know, I think as time passes, that that um, there's less and less Christian thought running around in society, and so they're not hearing the old truths. The yeah. Old, they're not immersed in the Bible. Uh, you know, you think back 150 years. There wasn't all that much to read but the Bible. You know, there were newspapers, but they were few and far between. And it was, they were, you, by the time you got a hold of it, it was a week after it was printed. So, you know, it just, now we're constantly deluged yeah. with immediate knowledge all the time. Yeah. Instantaneous. And, and so as, you know, time progresses, people lose some of those older messages they don't hear them yeah. they don't aren't reminded of them yeah other voices crowd out the conversation yeah so you know one thing i did hear on the radio the other day was that young folks are uh what's called stuffing is it envelope stuffing they're taking one of dave ramsey's old old ideas which is you take your paycheck, uh, yeah. you open up an envelope. This envelope is for groceries. Yep. Put the cash in the grocery envelope. This envelope is for the uh, utility bills, and you put the money in there. Yep. And so they're, they're, they're purposely putting cash into envelopes, and those envelopes go to whatever that is for. Yep. And, and that's, one of, that's one of the principles of financial peace is that you make a budget, and part of that budgeting is the envelope system, having money in an envelope. You take it with you when you go to the grocery store. Yep. When it's gone, whoops, hope you have <laughs> enough at home. You'll be eating rice for the rest of the week until the next paycheck comes. And, and I'm hearing that, that young people are, are adopting that methodology. That's great. I think it's super. I think it's super. Yeah. Different different name for the same thing. Yeah, it's hard to spend money when you see the cash in front of your hands than uh, a in card. In that, that truth, <laughs> when you hand over a piece of plastic, you don't have that mental connection, that that emotional connection. Yes. Between that card and cash, you're 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 giving you know giving away your money for in exchange for something. When you take cold, hard dollar bills and you start handing them over, boy, oh boy, that tugs at the heartstrings yep. and it makes you more emotionally attached to your spending. Yeah. It's a very good exercise because you're constantly then saying, do I really want what I'm giving up all this cash for? Yeah. It, it's kind of a, where are your values? Mm -hmm. It's easy with plastic to be disassociated with that. Yeah. So Tom, it's a good trend. Oh yeah. For young folks. If, if young folks pick that up, that that's great. Yeah. That's awesome. One thing I wanted to do, uh, kind of differently than we've, this is the first time we're doing it. Um, we've had some users, uh, I should say users, listeners, some okay. questions and, um, the listeners have submitted questions and I have four questions here. Okay, um, and I'm excited about this because we've never done this before. Um, again, there's no right or wrong answer; it's just your opinion on this. Um, care to go through a couple of these? Oh, and I'd love take to. A look? Let's, All right, let's let's see what we can work on. So the first question we got is, um, and I'll just read it. It's probably easier that way. It says, "We are a family with children in several different schools." seems like every week we need money for PTA fundraisers, school pictures, sports sign-ups, etc. Tithing 10% of our budget feels a little overwhelming and maybe a bit reckless. 
I know that sometimes private schools allow you to volunteer to offset your tuition costs. Is there anything similar in the church in terms of tithing your uh, tithing as a volunteer to maybe offset um, a tithing? You know, and, and I think we 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 talked we, yeah. we touched on this a little bit exactly yeah, and uh, I I really think that that a tithe is a tenth of your income yeah that that you know you volunteering is part of uh, of an offering to the Lord and it's also part of of being part of the life of the church which is really a wonderful thing. I, I mean, I've, I've benefited so much by taking part in uh, things with the church. You know, when the church goes off on retreat for the weekend, I love that. I love spending time with, with the brothers and sisters in the church. It's really, it's really great. And being a deacon, going out and doing good, being God's hands in society, uh, that you know that's again part of my time uh that that benefited me so much so i i, I really think that i don't know um i don't know that it's reckless sure to give the tithe um it really seems to me that giving the tithe is the opposite of reckless. It's, it, God promises that He'll change us through this. He'll make us obedient. It'll, it'll it'll help us become obedient, more obedient to Him, and uh, that'll just make us better Christians. Mm-hmm. So, and I I know there's there's lots of, especially when you've got young kids. It, there's there's so many things that money can go out on. But that's part of the budgeting process, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I mean, you you can foresee PTA things, and you can save for that kind of stuff. Uh, I understand they're having Christmas in December this year, <laughs> and so you know you might want to put <laughs> that funny. in the budget. Yeah, there there are certain things that that um, you know are coming and so you can plan yes an adult plans for what's going to happen um one of the things i don't think i've mentioned yet is the emergency fund as you're paying off your debts the very very first thing you should do is take a thousand dollars and put it in the bank and that's your beginning emergency fund because i know how my credit card debt grew the, the clothes washer failed. We had to go to Sears and get a new one. I was working on the car, replacing the water pump. Well, I broke off a bolt in the block of the engine. So that car had to be towed to the Ford dealer who tapped that bolt out and replaced the water pump for me. Well, I didn't have money for that, so that went on the credit card. Yeah. All of these things that, that are emergencies, they're unforeseen expenses, uh, you, you should have $1,000 to address that so that instead of going into debt for it, you pull it out of that emergency fund, take care of the emergency, put all your debt repayment onto the most minimum until you get that $1,000 saved again. Yeah. Then go back to paying off mm-hmm. as much as you can your debt. Because the thing about emergencies, you don't know what's going to happen, but you know it's going to happen. Yeah, there's there's going to be an emergency. So I, I don't I, I don't know if I'm very helpful with that question. Except <laughs> All right. I don't think that that's tithing. OK, sure. Let's move it's on. It's a good thing to do. But yeah, I don't think it's tithing. Yeah. Uh, another one here. I recently graduated college and moved to a high cost of living area, paying rent and other living expenses and trying to save for future purchase purchases like a house in an area where prices have been skyrocketing, it feels really overwhelming. For me, I think it's an issue of maybe control. The money that I could give, I'm reluctant to give. I've heard the adage multiple times that everything we have been given comes from God. So a tithe is not giving up, but giving back out of gratitude. 
for all that he has given me. However, clearly that notion isn't getting through by the way that I treat my money. What would you say to a recent college graduate who is apprehensive to tithe out of fear of giving up control or whatever maybe little they have? You know, I, I feel for them because I felt that exact same way. Um, and I think we've talked about how tithing is acknowledging that it's not mine. It's his. I'm just giving him back what's his. And you do want to save for a car, a house, all of those other things. You should, you should save and pay cash as much as humanly possible. Um, but, but don't you feel like that statement is being made out of impatience? I want it. I want it now. When actually, I think the thing to counsel them is it, it took your parents 30 years to get to where they were when you went off to college. Yeah. We all come out of college wanting to recreate our parents right away. It doesn't happen that way, it takes time. Mm -hmm. You know, they'll tell you they didn't have that stuff when they got out of college. Yeah. You know, you're seeing 30 years or so of, of, of growth. Um, patience, yes. Yeah. Will your, will your savings grow slower? Yeah. But your faith will be built up more. Mm -hmm. And you'll, your, your, your uh, contentment, hopefully, you, you know, your contentment will grow. Yeah. And so you'll be content with where you're at and what you have. And, you know, in t I think from my experience with myself and my friends, in time, those things that we desired, we were able to obtain. Yeah. Um, but not right out of college. I, patience. I counsel patience. Okay. All right. I got two more for you. Okay. Um, this one I think is pretty interesting. It's a very practical question. Is tithing supposed to be from my pre-taxed gross income or post-taxed, I guess, net income? Seems this question is simple, but rarely talked about. <laughs> I think that that is a question you have to answer yourself. Yeah. Where do you feel? What's God calling you to? Um, is he calling you to a pre-tax? Is he calling to an after-tax? Yeah. Um, you know, given to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, given to God what belongs to God, I, I, I think in a perfect world, if we were all mature Christians, we would come to the conclusion, I think, that it's, it's your gross. You want to tithe off your gross. But if, if right now you can only see yourself tithing off your net, yeah. then tithe off your net. Yeah. Well, it's, it's still a, a tithe. It's, it's still it's an still, act. It's, yeah. Yes, absolutely. And you will grow. You, you, you'll grow in faith. You'll grow in, in ability. It, it, it'll come. <laughs> I, like I say, I don't do this perfectly. I'm miserable at it. And I'm still trying to grow, still trying to get better and better. Um, so, it, you know, it's, what, what is God calling you to believe? Yeah. Uh, you know, where, where does the Holy Spirit move you to? Yeah. I guess prayer and, and, and yeah. finding discernment in that. Yeah. yeah, that's good. All right, the last one here. I work a part-time job as I haven't graduated high school yet. I don't really earn a lot, so tithing seems kind of reckless since I don't have a lot of money. What can I do to help? Wow. Um, I don't understand why it's reckless. To me, it's pretty clear cut. God has given you this ability to earn money. Um, if you're still in high school, I'm assuming that 
you're being supported by parent or parents. So I know that you're going to eat. <laughs> I know you're going to be clothed. Um, giving 10% of your increase seems kind of safe. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading that wrong. No, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I mean, I think that, again, we've talked about this. I don't know. Let's just say this is a dumb example, right? Say you're making 300 bucks a paycheck. You're, you're mm-hmm. part-time, you're in high school or whatever. You know, um, I think even at 10% of that, even though it may seem small to you and you're like, well, this isn't really going to help in the grand scheme of things. I think that we've talked about this. It's more of the heart thing, right? Yeah. It's not, it's, it's about what it's doing for you. Yeah. How's it changing you as a person? It's not the yeah. dollar value. Yeah, exactly. It's not the dollar. It's, it's, it's what's it doing for you? Yeah. Is it helping you to grow closer to the Lord, to participate in his kingdom? Um, to, to develop within you the proper attitude toward money so that it doesn't control you. Yeah. It's a mere tool. Um, following him mm-hmm. is, is the most important thing. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I just thought of this. Every episode that we have done so far, it's funny how the Lord works. It's a thread. and It's a thread on a continued evaluation of our hearts. You know, mm-hmm. in the previous episodes, we've looked at um, like evangelism. We've looked at, um, you know, loving our neighbor um, and, and even just this, too. It's a continued evaluation of our heart. Like what's our posture? Mm-hmm. What's going on inside there? How God's working and maybe the way that he's helping us grow, maybe the way that he's teaching us lessons. Um, so, Tom, let me ask you, man, any final advice any final advice you could offer in terms of anything related to tithing start and and maybe that means five percent for now and and you'll grow and it'll become six next year and seven the year after that just just start somewhere yeah start somewhere and 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 grow from there you know, I, I, I did want to mention that, that this church tithes. 10% of the income of this church is, is given to someone else, some charity, missionaries that are out there. Uh, just, there's a whole committee that's, that's just concentrated on, on uh, where our tithe as a church will go. And, you know, I think that's a... It's, makes us a stronger church. The money that you give isn't just heating this building, <laughs> keeping the lights on. It's being passed on to others to better their lives. Uh, both, and we, we, do, we do regional witness, we do national witness, and we do worldwide witness. We yeah. make sure that the money goes worldwide too. Yep. Like Kenya and like yeah. yeah, absolutely, and so it's it. I, I guess just start, yeah, start somewhere and grow from there. Grow as a Christian, you know, but improve your discipline, uh, uh, improve your your obedience to to the God who owns it all, and who who made us able to earn money. And to do our, our talents, so it's it's like it, it's just fun actually to to think of what you can do uh, in cooperation with him and and grow with him. It's great. So, well, Tom, thank you so much for joining us on the episode, and thank you for um, your wisdom, seriously, um, and for your time. Um, Listeners, we want to thank you not only for your time, but for returning to another episode of the MLEPC podcast. If you love today's episode, feel free to pass it along. You can share the episode from within Spotify, or you can share it via the links on our social media. Additionally, if there is a topic you would like for us to talk about, to cover, or to evaluate, or you have a question about this episode in particular, please feel free to email us at tech at mlepc.org. 
Don't forget to stay up to date with the podcast by following our social media accounts, which can be found on the church website at www.mlepc.org. Tom, how can the people contact you? Uh, my email address is Tom underscore Weaver underscore JR at yahoo.com. Just, just that's my email. Send, send me an email and um, I'll get back to you if I, if I know the, you know, obviously I don't know all the answers. Um, but through experience and, and listening to other wise people, uh, you, you, you get a feel for, for the good, what you should do. So grow, grow in the Lord. To find out what's happening at MLEPC, please check out the website at mlepc.org.